0: I chose this music.
1: <laughs> but Erica, didn't you want the Chronicles music?
0: This is the wrong Chronicles. We're Latinos.
1: Oh, baby, I like it like that. I I Welcome, mi like gente, it like that. to the Latinx Chronicles, a podcast dedicated to sharing the success stories of nuestra gente in the Latinx community. We want to bring the stories that no one else is sharing. To help educate and inspire others to grow and make a difference. Subscribe, follow, and let us know what topics you want to know more about by emailing us at the Latinx Chronicles at gmail.com.
0: Hey! Thursday,
1: mañana is Viernes. It is Friday. This is the first.
0: Middle of the summer.
1: Yeah, I think this is the first time we actually record um, in an evening. We usually yeah. go it during the day at 10 in the morning. And, you know, after a long day of hard work, we get to speak to amazing people today. Yeah. An amazing person. An and amazing we're going to
0: keep our energy high because that's who we yeah. are. And that's that's who, who we
1: are. are. Sorry, Isabel. <laughs> <That's who laughs> we are. Pero, um, you know, I, I, Obviously, I don't know you. I know that um, Erica spoke extremely highly of you. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, you know, not to sound naive or anything, but I didn't know about the organization until she brought it up. So um, I'm sure the listeners are going to be, very. for those that don't know what your organization is, they're going to love to learn about it. So if you don't mind, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your organization.
2: Primero, thank you for inviting me. I'm like super excited and nervous, pero aquí estamos. And and I'm just super grateful to have this opportunity to to talk to you both. Um, So my name is Isabel Gonzalez smith I am the founder of Chicago Latina Moms, which is um, a space that I created when I was pregnant with my first son back in 2014. Um, and it was because I was trying to find a space where Latina moms could connect, and it was celebrated. You know who we who we are, and who we can become, and to grow together as you know families. Um, Because at that time, when I would look up, you know, Google just Chicago Latina and moms, everything that came back associated Latina motherhood with crisis. And we need those services and those organizations and those um, advocates to help us and lift us up. But at the same time, I think we deserve a space to, you know, celebrate each other and to be proud of who we are and to share our cultures, our our uh, languages, our traditions and to watch our kids grow up together. So, um Yeah, today uh, Chicago Latina Moms is a nonprofit and we have a very engaged online community of over 4,000 moms and everybody is connected in one way or another, but we are a space that, you know, I've tried to be very intentional and and it's just the atmosphere that we have that we, um, you know, empower each other, we lift each other up, um, no judgment, uh, none of that Petty, you know, stuff that can happen yeah. a lot of times in mom groups. Um, so, yeah, that's my life as Chicago, in Chicago Latina moms. But I'm also a birth worker, um, which means I'm a doula. And uh, I, so I help families when they find out they're pregnant and through the uh, journey of pregnancy. I'm there at the birth and I visit them when they go home and they're recovering and help them get, you know, adjusted to, to that new chapter in their
0: life.
1: That's awesome. This sounds like a positive space, right? Like, <laughs> it a very is. positive and energetic space for moms. Oh.
0: That's how <laughs> I, that's kind of how I met Isabel, Isa. right? I call her Issa um, probably in 2000, I think like 17, I think, Issa, it's because Victoria. I was pregnant with Victoria. Victoria was born in 2017. So probably around that kind of year where I was also kind of looking for a space to connect with other women that share, um, similar, you know, uh, joys of life and culture, but also struggles, uh, and whatnot. And so I got connected with the group. I sponsored a couple of their events. I've taken my kids to some events. I think the first event I attended was, um, you guys had an event at an Easter event in mm-hmm. Park in, in Berwyn. Yes. Um, and it was just, you know, a great way to connect with other women that, um, that have similar values and, and want, you know, just to be heard and seen um, as, as Latinas in, in this great city of Chicago and beyond. Because I know now there's women all over kind of uh, the city and the state, right, that are part of this group. Mm-hmm. And so I think kudos to to Isabel, to that she had a vision um, of this space and as she mentioned earlier, right, a lot of the times you you see and you hear about these mom groups um, and what happens with them. And this is not it. Right. This is a really mm-hmm. amazing, supportive group. You have your core group of ladies, um, all amazing Latinas doing uh, amazing work throughout the city of Chicago. You know, Isa was the founder and kind of the leader. But there's so many other wonderful women that are kind of leading a lot alongside her And so, um, you know, congratulations to all that success as well.
2: Thank you. And if I could just add a little bit uh, aside from like what the space is like for for moms and how it compares to other mom communities. I also think it's very important that we lift each other up and empower each other because we're women and we're people of color. And so I always say like outside of this space, there's so many Hurdles and bumps that you have to navigate as you know, as a as a parent in school, at work, and even you know on, on your block, right? Yeah. So it's like this is the space where we come together. No one's story is more or less important than the other. Um, everybody has something to to give and something to receive.
1: So without mentioning any names, right? Since I'm a man and I'm not part of that group, and I don't see what goes on in there. Um, can you share with us some of you know maybe some of the most impactful stories or inspiring uplifting stories that you've heard recently
2: yeah so uh the one that really like stays with me for a long time and I think is a is a testament to what chicago latina moms has the potential to to continue to do because it, it does often is we had a mom I don't even remember i think it was like 2019 who you know she reached out she said she was in a domestic violence situation and she was trying to relocate and she found an apartment but she had nothing else with her ni, ni kama ni mesa nothing and so you know the group rallied we gave her beds we had you know sabanas a uh, couch uh, Chris uh, it was on christmas time uh christmas presents and stockings we like fully furnished entre todas in, in our space. We, and, and if we didn't have anything to give, people were driving things to her drop, you know, like I'll pick up, you know, this dresser that this person in Cicero is going to drop uh, donate and I'll drive it to her in, in midway or whatever. Um, so entre todas, like we were able to fully furnish her, her apartment. A year later, you know, she saw that another mom in a very similar situation had posted in our group that she was leaving a domestic violence situation. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to leave, you know, uh, that kind of situation. And it's really, really scary. And so I think she saw herself in that and was like, I want to pay for that mom's moving truck. Um, Cause he wanted like that mom had a, an apartment and she had her things, but she really needed help, like physically moving her stuff out and going to all the way across the city. And so, and then that mom from t- 2020 has reached out to me and said like, how can I help, you know, someone else? And so I think that that goes to show that today you might need help, but tomorrow you might be able to, to lift somebody up. And so for us to be willing to accept help Um, and to also give it back to lift each other up. And so there's never like, you know, like someone like Erica, who's super successful and, 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 you know, juggles a a lot of, um, things in her life. An amazing person, you know, is we value someone like her as much as we value, you know, a mom who may not have the, the education or the business acumen or, you know, all those, amazing things that you know the three of us have been privileged to have you know that mother still has a a, a lot of value and we see each other as the same so you know, as equals maybe, yeah for as sure equals and that's a very important
0: attitude we we have as as um chacao Latina moms well some of the other things i would say seven that you know i think you're being really modest in some of these uh, things that you mentioned like The scholarships for small Mm -hmm. business owners, you know, that has lifted a lot of women up. Uh, All the uh, Zoom uh, sort of uh, meetups that you guys were doing in the middle of COVID to give people a space, I know that it, there was a lot of difficulties for many of us during that time. Um, the financial literacy, the education literacy that like a lot of moms like us that are going through putting kids through college, like having that kind of, uh, you know, space. So there is so much education within this group, not only the 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 advice from mom to mom, but also the amount of um quality, the people, the amount of services, right, that a lot of us have within this group and are always willing to offer and share. And, you know, there is no reason why, you know, you know something and have success and not share that, right? So I think that that's one of the things that um, I've seen, you know, a lot of women like, hey, I need to help, help with my resume. And 10 other moms will say, hey, I'll help you with the resume yep. or... I'm looking for a job or I need this, I need that. I mean, so many times I've seen so many hands being uh, arisen um, and, and women lifting each other up. And I think that is a difference from this group than from some of the other groups that I've seen out there.
2: If I can have to him, like uh, you, you asked like the most memorable for me that the domestic violence uh, kind of like passing the torch of, of lifting each other up um, really always stands out to me, but yeah, like Erica said, we, we do all these things where we and like we call them charlas, like these like Zoom lives where we have, you know, moms who do have um, experience and wisdom and knowledge in a particular area. We give them the platform to, to share and to educate and to be available for question and answers for the other moms. You know, we've talked about, yeah, financial literacy, wills. Um, homeschooling, like when it was the middle of COVID and we were all going crazy at home, um, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, the moms get a chance to step up to their own platform. This is, this is for, for them. Um, also the other thing that I'm really, really proud of is, um, the Estamos Contigo campaign, which was our community mutual aid fund during, um, the pandemic. And we raised $50,000 to give uh, micro grants to over a hundred families and, and with kind of prioritizing families who were intentionally excluded from receiving stimulus checks. So, you know, some of us who did receive a check, they're like, you know, I'm doing pretty okay compared to todo lo que está pasando in Chicago with the Latino community. And so we became that platform for them to, to give back and that money went straight to, to families. And so when those families came to pick up across four different locations throughout Chicago, it was surreal. It took us a long time to process cause it was um, we took that very seriously about how, how are we going to identify the families most in need and how can we empower moms in our, in our space to, to give. And so we did kind of like a, a peer, a fundraising platform for them and they reached into their networks and and we had a competition of who raised the most money. Um, so yeah, Chicago Latino Moms has always been a space for, to feel good about yourself, about, you know, tu gente y tu comunidad. We're all like pulling each other up.
1: Yeah. So, you know, just listening to you speak with the excitement, with the enthusiasm, with the passion, I'm here just listening to the stories and, you know, right away, quite a few single moms came to mind that I personally know that talk about sometimes about their struggles that they have going on and how they have no one. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I wonder, do they know about Chicago Latina moms?
2: Send them our way. yeah So how
1: to, How how do these moms get connected with Chicago Latino moms? Is it just through Facebook? How is it? Yeah. So
2: it's the the most engaged space is our Facebook group, but we recognize that we you know we do have moms who are not on Facebook, and so we do have um, uh, an email newsletter that they can join, um, you know, and, and reach out to us for anything that you know they may need. Like we've been trusted with so much you know, personal, you know, vulnerable information, uh, you know, on that one-to-one level, but also trusted with moms who recognize their privilege of either time or connections or finance. And they, they have trusted us to, to give it back to the community and give it to the people who need it the most. They're like, I don't have time to do that work, but I'll give you $2,000 to, Identify who's the most qualified to give the scholarships to. You know, so um, it's it's been nice to to work that way, and that's part of like our mission too. Being a mom is very isolating. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's like it's so easy, even even day to day. You know, te sientes sola from either your your peers at work or your your own community or your own family.
0: Right. So like, where it's hard do you... to ask for help. Right. It's A lot hard of the time especially hard. It's it's hard. Hard. I know it's for hard for you. I know it's hard for me to ask yeah. for that. And it's hard
2: to uh take care of yourself, you know, that self-care, like like you know, without that guilt. And um so every mom is struggling with something. Even if they look fabulous and amazing and successful from the outside.
0: You what? You see we're So you know, I know this is people are hearing and are only listening to this, but we're on Zoom. We can see each other, and we look fantastic. Yeah, they, they yeah, look, look great.
1: Us. I'm, I'm, I'm here as a witness. <laughs> they look great.
0: But we have long list behind. We have kids over there. You yes. know, it has two younger kids. Hip has three. I have three. So if I mean, of the most successful
2: women in our community. You know, me han dicho, I feel guilt working so hard like in my career and it makes me so there is no there's no easy parenting there is no easy motherhood um and and all of us are struggling with something and it's very easy to feel isolated so when we have a mom who's like I'm going th- I just got diagnosed with cancer and I'm freaking out and I don't know what to do we're like you know what we have a mom in our space who you know just finished uh treatment for that exact same you know um cancer let me connect you to her so if they have a specific need special needs uh families like we have lots of moms with autistic and neurodivergent kids like they yeah that feels super isolating i mean you know people who are going through a divorce and are just now having a new chapter in their life and it's terrifying you know there's so many changes that we experience in adulthood and mucho más as parents and so yeah. and it's super hard to yeah ask for help and reach out but if if we have a mom who has the courage to do that we want to connect them and we want to make them feel like no estás sola you don't have to navigate this by yourself um and and you know let us know how we can be there for you and sometimes it's just you know give me, give me what, what you think about this situation, or it might be tangible as giving a mom furniture
0: for her apartment.
1: This, this organization just sounds just so amazing. I I could just, I, I, I can just, I can just, absolutely. I can just, I can just picture it because, you know, you're saying, you know, as moms, you feel, you feel guilt. And I know dads tend to be a little stronger, right? But as a dad, I feel guilty for always oh, yeah. working. So I could just imagine, you know, the mom, porque siempre están con, you know, there, there's even a even closer bond. Sometimes I feel with with the moms with mm-hmm. with the children. So um, I, I I can see that. But you know, the organization is amazing. But started somewhere. So I want to know more about you. Uh, (laughs) how how did we get here? I know we jumped straight into uh, (laughs) Chicago Latina moms and I love the whole concept, but you got there somehow, right? Mm -hmm. So let's go back to like when you were two years old and how you got here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if I remember that far back, but, um, so I'm from La Vita. (laughs) The before I'm from La Villita, Okay. My dad is the oldest of 12 brothers and sisters, and he's the only one who came here to the United States. And he's still the only one who came here. Toda my familia, like from my dad's side, están en México. And so growing up, I, to be honest, felt very alone especially because I knew my whole family was in Mexico. And every time we go there, it's like una fiesta, you know, and they're like, it's just, this is just a get together. This right. is not even a party. You know, I'm days. like, damn, <laughs> it's a party to me.
1: <laughs> so In my family, in my, my dad's side of the family, there's 12 aunts and uncles.
0: So I, I know the feeling
1: he was the only one here in Chicago. Right. So everyone else is back in Puerto Rico, but he's the only one. Well, May he rest in peace. Right, he was the only one here in Chicago, and I literally just had this past uh, weekend five of my aunts and uncles staying in my house.
2: Oh, that's so beautiful! <laughs> it's See, I of, love it's that. Amazing, I know some people would be like, ah! no, but like I love that. that I actually beautiful. love that too. Yeah, and as yeah, especially if you didn't grow up with that as like a uh, my cousins, they're like siblings. They're each right. other's best friends, you know. And I'm like fifteen years older than them. I'm the oldest of all of them uh, but when I come go to Mexico, they just treat me like I've always been around. And that's such a beautiful feeling. So growing up here has felt very isolating. There's there's a, the, there's a the niña, you know, like I've always felt that. And so, um, you know, I graduated from college and I, I went to, um, Library school, library and information school. So I have a master's in library and information science. And I was working in librarianship. And um, when I got pregnant, of course, I was super happy, but I also felt like sad because I'm like, man, I'm going to start my family without my family, if that can make sense. You know, like, mi familia está en Mexico. And I'm here. And I don't know why, but I really make it going like, man, I wish my DS could be with me in the hospital when I gave birth. Like I would have loved that, that, you know? And so I carried joy, but like, like a, a weight of melancholy, you know? And I think that a lot of people, uh, yeah. And I think that a lot of people navigate that as, you know, um, immigrants or children of immigrants, uh, people who more immediately left, you know, their countries, están aquí and uh, that's, they're even more isolated because they, they miss that immediate family that they have in their, you know, country.
1: Extrañas la cultura.
2: Si, sí, you know, y, y, y tu gente, tu comunidad, like back there, el calorcito de, de yeah. ser Latino, right? And, and it's totally different here, you know? So it's like, uh, and that's that I was, I was born and raised here. You know, so so at the time I'm working as a librarian and uh at UIC. I'm a research and information librarian and I was also an archivist. And you know, I'm like looking up Chicago Latina moms and I'm really paying attention to the information that I get back. And at that time, um I was really into this research. Yes, <laughs> I'm this researcher, she wasn't even a librarian, but she studied uh Google algorithms. About how we manipulate information through our search results. Super nerdy stuff. But it's important because wh- whatever results you get when you're looking up, let's say, like um, Asian girls, what do you get? Hypersexualized women, not girls, verdad? So it's like pay attention to the information that you get, especially for people, for women of color. I'm looking up Chicago Latina moms, and nothing that I see is uplifting. Uh-huh. It's not celebratory it's not um you know like like a space where people are equal no matter where they come from or who they are
1: so we understand you right because we created this podcast for a reason because we feel that you know even in movies on tv and everything like p- people look at latinos like you know they're criminals or they're drug mm-hmm. dealers or they're gang or even when you're in boardrooms and board meetings there's no Latinos yeah. sometimes and you become it's
2: just, tokenized or whatever it's
1: just me and Erica right and right. You, you you try to you try to think about that and you sit back and you're kind of like hmm you know yeah we wanted, the we wanted to change the
0: narrative we want to change the narrative right yeah. and, and that's where this came about because there's so many and and Hip and I have had the privilege to be in the room with very successful Latinos um and so we just needed to tell the, their stories because the stories are out there um, they're just not being told. And we wanted our kids to hear them and we wanted the the kids of our friends to hear them. Right. And so that's that's where this all came about as well. And, and
1: we just want real people. Right. Like today I get to meet you um, and everything just sounds so exciting and so interesting and so uplifting and so positive that. I love the world to know about it and for you to have more people join, more moms, more Latina moms joining um, your group for support. Because, you know, um, I I always tell this to the people around me, mindset is everything. Mm -hmm. And if you keep a a positive mindset, it really does make a difference in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you have a group of moms being positive, uplifting each other, empowering each other, um, that makes a world of difference for a person
2: just to add a a little more extra nerdiness to my background. So, um, like I said, I was a research librarian. I, I, I published, I gave presentations in the UK and Mexico, all over the United States about racial and ethnic professional identity. So this Mm -hmm. is like my bread and butter. I love talking about this stuff and, and, you know, I won't get into it, but the, but what you guys did was, you know, recognizing, uh, uh, a representation that doesn't match your experience, uh, the, the value that you place on your racial and ethnic identity and creating something out of that. Um, there's like academic words for all of that, but it, <laughs> it, it, it means that you have a very balanced um, insight into your identity and the identity of your children that needs to be seen, you know, not, not more or less than others but worthy of its own and, wow um, this is all news to us yeah this is
1: yeah you know, we're gonna have to take her to lunch erica I know. This, more, this is gonna be right. more than an hour like talk very, about
2: me being a doula yeah it was
0: like this a is whole exciting moment. oh my god this is like you know this is um i didn't even know this where it came from hip like it's just an idea mm-hmm. we brought it to the table we're changing, it. you know. Mm-hmm. We want to change uh, the narrative, and we want to be change makers, right? And so we start. This is yeah. this is how we started. Yeah. So now we got to touch on the doula part because now you saw another segment that was needed, right? There was something missing for moms of color, um, brown and black. Yes. Um, there was there wasn't a space uh for us and this was not new right mm-hmm. having a doula or a midwife is nothing new because it goes hundreds of years in all cult- culture especially you know I I'm going to speak for my Mexican you know Mexicana I am sure in Puerto Rico as well and all over Latin America um and mm-hmm. other countries too I mean not just right um where you were assisted by other women when you were birthing right and so um This is part of how I also connected with Isa. She was my doula for for Mateo, for my last baby. Um, And it was a little different because it was in the middle of COVID. But I had an amazing group of women and my husband in that room, you know, empowering me to create a space for me to bring my child to the world. And I'm so thankful for that because um, I didn't have that with my first son. And so I feel that with with Western medicine, we got to a point where you go into the, and and that's okay. I'm not, you know, so if someone wants to do that, wants to schedule their C-section and wants to have their baby on uh, August 28th, go ahead and do that right there. You have that opportunity and our society allows you to do that. But there's also um, this history of going back to our roots and embracing womanhood and embracing motherhood in a different way, the way maybe our grandma did it, and and the way that other women did it. And so that's what I wanted to have for myself. And that's where you also came into the picture in my life. And so talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so in the time that I was an academic librarian, I was also starting Chicago Latina Moms, which meant that I was always in communication with moms, who either just had their babies or are somewhere along the, their journey of motherhood or were pregnant. And I had a very difficult, um, everything was great pregnancy birth. But as soon as, um, my oldest was born there on out, it it was very difficult. I, we literally lived in the hospital for 19 days while he was in the NICU. And, um, I learned everything (laughs) the hard way, um, and the painful way. And so, you know, I was always connecting with other moms and people would be like, I si no, like you you know, batayaste mucho para mamantar, but you did it and my friend she's really struggling. Can you like call her or go see her? And so I was already doing like kind of like birth work or doula work uh, before I was officially a doula. And I was like, I gotta go get trained. I, you know, I'm already basically doing it. Let me just get the certificate. And so I can like officially call myself a doula. I had uh, a doula, I had a midwife um, when when I was pregnant. Um, and the very first um, family I helped out was a, a, you know, without getting too specific was a, a family of the community in Pilsen who had a very traumatic change during a pregnancy and I was, and everybody was, you know, stepping up with giving food or raising money and all stuff. And I was like, what can I do to help? I can help, you know, that, that pregnant mother. And I said, you know, I, I'm, this is a little bit before I'm officially trained, but you know, I, I kind of already know what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, I, I would like to help and, and be your doula. And so it for me has always been, uh, connection with Latinas and 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 um and the community. So, you know, I I got trained in 2016, and ever since then have been working with with families from all kinds of backgrounds, uh, but predominantly Latino um, and and other uh, families of color. Um, and you know, I love what you said, Erica, because. I have personally seen the difference between being in a birth room for a Black family or a Latino family versus a white family, yep. um, and and it hurts, you know. And, and and you think like, how much more different would this be if if I wasn't here? If this is happening while I'm standing in the right. room, you know. And and so my goal, was no matter how you plan to to have your baby. And no matter how it ends up happening, because things always change, um, you know, a a doula is is has the stamina, the emotional, physical, mental uh, and emotional, spiritual uh, stamina to be there and navigate that process with you. Um, And so much of what I do is. Trying to make the family feel that they're in charge. Honestly, that's like my main thing.
0: Well, you like, have, you're being, you're that voice. Yeah. Right? And, it, it and to convince them of that. Yeah. Because they have so, to be convinced a lot. But I mean, you know, going back to my, you know, I've, I've had three births. Um, and when you're in the middle of birthing a child, <clears throat> and it, for me, my first one was 23 hours. You're not thinking straight. No. You are you are in, in pain. You think you got this. You don't know what you're doing. You're letting nature and kind of like do its thing. But then you have doctors saying, "Well, I can do this to speed it up," and that's not really what I I did not want that. Right? I wanted to have this baby come when it was the baby's time to come. And so I had uh, a nurse that I know. I'm not I'm not going to say names. <laughs> the doctor doesn't know what they're doing. They're letting you go too far. And I'm like, well, I gotta trust my doctor, because that's why I've hired him. And I got to trust my midwife and my doula because I've hired them. And like, I get hired right as well. And so people hire me because of my skill, because of my knowledge. And so therefore I'm putting my trust in someone to be able to be that voice for me when I'm not thinking straight. Right. And that's what we do like hip and I, that's what we do right. on the mortgage side on the real estate side, when someone's getting too emotional, or yes. like this, this, this is when we come in and say, hey, look, yes. so let me tell you, right? You need to listen to me today. <laughs> and so that's who you are. <laughs> when A baby. Yeah.
2: yeah, so the way I talk, uh, the way I explain that, and, and, you know, if I get to have like the more conversations I can have with a family before I'm in the birthing room, what I say is, you know, when you're in the birthing room, everyone's thinking with like their body, right? Especially the birthing person, they're thinking with their body and the partner, the spouse, the husband, they're thinking with their heart, right? They want to protect. They want to make sure that everyone is safe. Their love, their people that they love are safe. And so the more that I can talk to a family and get to understand like what's important to them, what have been their previous experiences? What do they want different this time? Or what, what are they aiming for? I retain all of that in my brain. And I say I can be your brain, your brain, what you feel strongly about and what's important to you. And let's work towards that. And if it doesn't go that way, we've already talked about what are other routes that we can take, but I'm there to be on your side. And, and I can, you don't have to think like, if you're starting to get tired, I can think, okay, Erica, do you want to do this or this? You know, I'm not explaining it to you, but you know, in my head, I'm like, she needs to rest. And these two options I just gave her are going to give her rest that or like mom, you know she needs to move around so you, you want to do a or b and they're both different exercises during laboring that'll help you move your body and help labor progress so you know you guys get to be the the brain when people start to yeah. get emotional and freak out because it's a big you know journey that they're going through and the same thing like in, in labor that it's like yeah i don't want you to worry about thinking and it's very difficult to navigate that in the birthing room especially for people of of color where we're not heard um dismissed we're dismissed i'm sorry we're dismissed Uh, we're not taken seriously when we talk about pain or um no i really want this to happen you know um, and so to have someone to advocate for you and to be your brain so that all you got to worry about is having that baby I was like, you know, and, and if we, you feel strongly about, let's say, I don't know, not having an epidural, you know, although lots of families, uh, end up having an epidural and that's fine. Lots of things can happen. There's no easy way to have a baby. Unfortunately, they all have their, their, uh, their bumps. Um, (laughs) but to have somebody walk with you and navigate all of that with you. That looks like you. That sounds like you. That honors who you are and who you, the person you love is, and who your baby is going to be. Right, right. That 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 to me that's sacred. Every time, every family, ne- I never take uh, for granted. Um, you know, baby is born. You know, healthy and 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 screaming like I give one. You know, and my, mommy and baby are okay. Thank goodness. Right. You know, I never take it for granted. It's sacred to me. Um, And it's kind of hard when you're in a system that views you as a liability or a number, right? Right. And um, I'm coming from a route that's more, that's closer to the family. Right.
0: So, I mean, one thing that I will say as a takeaway, right, from this is that you have to be your, your own advocate. You have to be, your voice has to be louder than anybody else's voice in the room. You know, I had with, with Victoria, I was having a lot of pain issues and, and all the doctors at the first, I fired them, but all the doctors I had in my first uh, uh, place were five or six doctors and, you know, all white. And they kept on just dismissing me. Like, you know, I have pain here, I have pain there. And I, you know, just have to deal with it. And I'm like, this cannot, like, you just have to deal with it. What do you mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I almost feel like they saw my pregnancy as a disability. And it was just something that I had to deal with. And so I went to look for resources and that's how I found, you know, my first doula with Victoria and the midwives at the, at the, at Berwyn PCC, at the birthing center Mm -hmm. in Berwyn. And then they finally, you know, guided me to the right people that were helping me with the pain. They were helping me with all these other, you know, things that were happening in my body because I was older with my second child. And, and so I had this amazing birthing team. Um, thankfully for the last two babies where, um, you know, people just need to make sure that you keep on asking those questions, you know, for all my pregnant mamas out there and and maybe not even pregnant mamas, just people with medical conditions. You have to continue asking questions. You have to, when you know something is wrong, continue to ask those questions, go find a second opinion because I've heard it from many women of color where, oh, it's nothing or you're too young to have cancer or you're too young to this, you know, and You know, there's a 25-year-old that has breast cancer that I know in our family. And if she would have listened to the doctors, you're too young, you don't need to get tested, this doesn't happen. Sure enough, she kept on asking questions and and she has breast cancer. And so that's what we need to do as a community as well.
2: Uh, Everybody... Listen up, what Erica just said was super important. And if, if you take away anything from this birth conversation is that you can fire your healthcare provider. Yes. You do not have to be stuck with them. If you do not feel heard or respected, you can fire them. Yep. You, everybody works for you. And that's what I try really hard to explain to people. You know, your, your doctor, the nurses, the hospital, uh, if you have a, a doula, everybody works for you. You're in charge. And I think that's especially difficult for us as Latinos because we, are, we um, socially are raised to respect our elders and that they're always right. And to never question them and so we see people in authority in that same regard. and no and so and then a lot of things can go wrong there and or you feel like you have no right to question a medical um opinion Who right? are you oh, question a doctor
1: you just mentioned just that because this whole weekend I had a fabulous time with my family members and my uncle was taking some some pills and I and I go, so why are you taking that? I don't know. The doctor told me to. Mm. Like, but you don't ask the questions on why you have to take this. What is what condition is it that you have that you have to take these yeah. pills yeah. at a specific time?
0: Yeah. But Wait, he, you should and his
1: response out. was, "But he's a doctor. He knows more than me.
0: Right. right? Mm. Like, so
1: you, you're talking about this right now, yep. and it, that just." It just reminded me of what yeah. I just went through this weekend with my own uncle's. Telling him, "Hey, but no, you you got you got to go back and be very specific on yes. what this stuff is doing to you, what it's doing to yeah. your body, what the side effects are, yes, why you have to take it, and if there's something that you can change that would avoid you from having to right. take that medication,
0: mm-hmm. right, right." Yep.
2: No, I, I that I love that you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody, listen up. Like you, you can ask questions. You know, and it's difficult, right? It's a privileged thing to be able to do research, to have the time to reflect, uh, to to do those things. Like there are people who are working three jobs, and they're like, whatever. D- dame algo para right. los dolores de cabeza o el dolor de la espalda, or whatever. Because I gotta work. I gotta work, yeah, right? And so, but I. But I think that's a gift that the and, a, and an um, obligation we have to help one another and to as you're talking to the people that you love to say, you know, it, it you might have made him question it and that's right. a start, right? So right. just to kind of like pull out from you know CLM, my academic background and and birth work, I just love looking at things from a big picture. Why? Yeah, how did we get here? But I just didn't like being stuck in the academic space of just thinking of it theoretically i like to put you know boots to ground help people one on one um and you guys are doing that too
1: so uh, yeah. you're a, your background is a librarian um so what book are you currently reading
2: you know right now well, i'm reading a lot of um dinosaur books because that's what i said <laughs> i was like yeah he had a huge like thing with dinosaurs and then it kind of went away and now it's back at full force and um he has two weeks off from between camp and school so that's what we're doing right now but me personally I'm reading um a lot of um gardening and self-sufficiency books um Hmm. I uh, that this is a topic I'm starting starting to get really interested in but um I think that, uh, self-sufficiency is a really interesting topic and it's a topic that I only see in predominantly white, Uh, it's increasing more in the black community, but I don't see Latinos talking about that. Like we're growing your own food and, um, learning how to, you know, fix things and make things last longer, not being dependent on stuff. And, um, teaching yourself to to question authority to question things to know how to conduct research to be critical um know how to do basic things like like you know grow your own food like it to make those cheese, things, make cheese you know or even it. it's like i i struggle with like you know making foods it's like i want to learn how to um i want chickens
0: like my husband's like no <laughs> I like, to have to chickens. I know, know chickens I, in the I know That you would know that. But. You know how to do canning. I, I my can my help you to learn we, how to do some canning. Canning.
1: My household wants a chicken coop too. I was like, yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah,
2: so, so yeah, that's that's kind of like I'm I'm nerding out on. It's um, exciting. On that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is exciting. You know what? Gardening is good for the for stress. Yes. It so, is. Yes. Um, you know when you keep your yourself active with things outside of what you typically do on a day to day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I hear that gardening is really good for stress. So, that's yeah. I'm going to
0: water my plants later on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, I'm going to water my plants right now. Yeah. So uh,
1: like, now that you mentioned, I, I got to water my plants. If you yeah. know
0: <laughs> <genetically>, <inaudible> Alors, Apparently, athinking. I was growing, I love uh, succulents, and I was growing some type of uh, string of pearls or pearls uh-huh, of string, uh-huh. whatever. It's a very difficult one to grow. Killing it, killing it. And I talked to the garden guy yesterday. And he said, you're putting too much water. It's three tablespoons once a week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah I was putting." I just recently killed mine, too. So <laughs> thank you. Like for a, a whole that. cup of water in there or something once a week. I'm like, oh, now I know why that's so, why mine died. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to uh, find those things that uh, make me happy as
1: well, I guess. Oh, Isabel, uh, Isabel, um, you are extraordinary. Um, thank you. Your story has been amazing, I hope for those folks that are listening for the moms that are listening that they join your community. Yes. Um, cause it sounds, you know, you made me want to be a mom, you know,
2: you <laughs> <laughs> can be an honorary CL. <laughs> we've got, we've got lots of those.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. Isabel. Always great connecting thank with you. you, um, to our listeners, Chicago, Latina moms, find them on Facebook. We'll also add the links when we post, um, thank you all for listening. Y nos vemos hasta la próxima. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you were inspired by today's episode. We will continue to share new stories with you because we grow from each other's life lessons. Our voices are powerful. And because we need each other. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and contact us at the Latinx Chronicles at gmail.com.